Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Red Flag. I am your host, Hot Wheels Travis Snapper. And of course, I had to bring on the insanity, but not just the insanity. My co-host is Mr. Loganity. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, whatever's left of him, I am fantastic. Ready to spin our wheels, talk some on the red flag, and, and don't you dare stop this race. Because let me tell you, it's going to get your heart pumping and thumping. It's going to be some real rubbing this racing. We're going to do some beating and banging. I can't wait to talk about it. Oh, man, neither can I. And let's just jump right into it. Why don't we? Because a lot of things have happened since NASCAR started to kick off a little bit, we've had a lot of interesting things happen. Of course, we've had some stoppage in the NASCAR world, but so far, how do you think this season has gone? What's your thoughts? I think all things considered, when you consider the fact there's no qualifying, there's no practice, it's it's been it's been a solid it's been a solid season overall. Now, I think the, from an entertainment value, the last few races have been some snoozers. Uh, I really think that. The quality would be better if there was practice, if there's qualifying. But for guys essentially, uh, you know, just coming off their couch, let's put it in there. It's race time. I, I really am impressed. And it just shows what professionals these drivers are. But I do wonder what kind of quality difference there would be if there was practices or if there was qualifying, if there was time to dial it in. Because you see some performances this year you're not used to. Some guys, and we'll get into it in a bit, I'm sure. Oh, of course. That, that you're really surprised about the fact, or I am at least, that they aren't doing as well as we thought they would. Now, granted, it's still very early. We're going to race 36 races here, and I think we've raced, what, nine? Like, like, yeah, just so, about. So, I mean, I mean there's, there's plenty of time and plenty of time for guys to figure it out, but I'm pretty surprised by some of the performances so far. How about you? I've been pretty impressed. Um, who, for you, has stuck out? Because for me, I think it's got to be Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell has been very impressive, and I'll tell you another name that that I I think really sticks out is Tyler Reddick. That, oh, that that RCR program is really bouncing back. They haven't been no disrespect, but they haven't been relevant since Harvick left. Honestly, as far as true relevance, and and so Austin Dillon's getting some respective results this year. Reddick is really really showing strength and getting results out of the car that Daniel Hemrick couldn't find. No disrespect, uh, and so I'm really impressed by Reddick. Uh, it, it really is, to me, as far as the rookie class goes, uh, there's a lot to look at. There's a lot. I mean, John Hunter Nemechek, while has cooled off in recent weeks, was putting on some really strong performances early in the year. And so that's very impressive when you consider how underfunded that, that front row motorsports team is. No pun to his father. Uh, it, it really is impressive. There's some strong rookies to look at. There's some strong newer faces to look at, even if they're not rookies. Absolutely, Christopher Bell deserves some credit because he's got the redhead stepchild of the Gibbs racing program as far as Levi and family racing goes. So absolutely, uh, Bell's one to look at. Don't you dare lie to our audience. Every pun on this show is intended. You're I'm, right. just, I'm just saying. You're right. You're right. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean who am I? I was trying <laughs> to act like it wasn't Tuesday. Uh, I was trying to act like it wasn't Tuesday. This is being recorded before Talladega. I was trying to act like it, it wasn't Tuesday. And then you reminded me that, damn it, be who you are. I mean, we're going into Talladega. We got to be crazy. We got to be wild. We have to be just absolute chaos because that is exactly what Talladega is. You're damn uh, right. Another name that really stuck out for me, though, I think has to be someone that I think we all knew once he got an opportunity was going to shine, but I am actually thoroughly impressed with just how much he is shining. That's Matt DiBenedetto. Uh, look, Matt DiBenedetto is is a 
a hell of a talent. We saw it last year in that in that same ninety five car that now Bell is in. You know, we saw that, that infamous second place finish that it broke our hearts. Everybody was like, "Come Everybody. on, win that sucker!" Absolutely, it's great to see him get a true opportunity again. You, I can't believe that Paul Menard kind of gets to play martyr because of it because he kind of stepped aside because he was a little tired and out of the grind, similar to a guy that's returned this year, Matt Kenseth. And and now Christopher Bell gets that opportunity he so deserves because Wood Brothers is a, a store program on their own. Plus, they have the Penske Alliance, so that's great equipment there. Look, he's going to be a playoff contender. He, he could be a dark horse for the championship. He really uh, he really could. Plus, he's it's just from a personality standpoint, he's just so damn likable. Yeah. There's some drivers that just aren't that likable, and he is just – I mean, he's really the kind of guy that you know they used to say, boy, you bring him home to mom for dinner because he's that type of guy that – Ah, shucks, golly day, and you know he's just—he just seems like a first-class guy. So yes, I'm so glad to see him get that opportunity. He's got a family, he's got kids, and he's—people uh, forget how long he's been in the sport. He's worked his ass off, and finally he gets a real opportunity. And another thing about him is, for those of you who don't know, we do have a little bit of a show on Tuesday that Mr. Loganity runs called Loganity, where we talk a little bit of wrestling. He's kind of like that wrestling fan that got to live out his dream. He's the NASCAR fan that got to live out his dream because he just comes across in every single interview as a fan because he seems like he's having such a great time. He's enjoying what he's doing and he's loving life. And that's that's the best thing you can hope for in a driver because it's relatable. Maybe we're not all NASCAR drivers, but we all strive to get to do what we want to do and enjoy our lives the way he enjoys his right now. So it's wonderful to watch. And I agree with you. He is a dark horse, in my opinion, for the playoffs. Uh, look, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I, w- I was trying to keep as many wrestling puns out of this show for, for the sake of not putting myself over as possible. And that, and you, you just made me do it. <laughs> but I agree with you wholeheartedly that it is kind of like, it is kind of that story that AEW tries to sell with Marco Stunt and things of that nature. He gets to live out his dream because deep down that's what Matt DeVanadetto is. He's a NASCAR fan just like us. He just happens to be in the seat. Yeah. Uh, look, he's an absolute uh, well of a guy. He's finally got the opportunity. And, and it's good for the Wood Brothers to see that, that as well because they've really rebuilt themselves in the last half a decade or so. You had you had Ryan Blaney in that car. You had And then you had Eric Jones in that car. And it just – and then Paul Menard, of course. And that's just – it's great to see that program doing so well because they mean so much to the sport. They're almost you know, like the springboard for the talent. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they, they, they mean so much as far as big names go. Of course, you know, the Silver Fox, Pearson was, was I mean, we, when, we, when we look at 21, we think of Pearson. And I mean, that's the only person that rivaled Richard Petty back in that era. Right. And so over 100 wins. So it's just great to see that Wood, Wood Brothers program doing well. And I think it's good for the sport. So we've talked about the dark horses. We've talked about who has surprised you and who has shocked you. Who has stuck out? Who has I think I already know the answer to this question, but who is your top driver in NASCAR as it stands right now in 2020? If you if you had to go today of who who the best is, I think you'd be hard pressed to pick between Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott right now. It's as hot as they both are. Kevin Harvick continue, he just hit 50 wins. What an amazing uh, level that is. People don't understand. Like, uh, you know, people talk about Richard Petty's record or Kyle Busch's overall record, but 50 wins at the top level is is very is so hard to do. Mark Martin fell 10 short of that. Uh, you know, it's it's it. 
the great drivers that never got 50 wins, Austin Bill from Dawsonville. You know, we, we talk we talk about legendary guys like Front Row Joe. We mentioned him a few minutes ago. You know, he's got four four Cup Series wins, and I mean, he's he's the all time starts leader. It's so hard to reach 50 all time wins. He's just he seems to be getting better with age, like a fine wine. He certainly is the closer. Uh, Chase Elliott has really finally found his own as to where he is truly in contention to win every week, as he should have been. We know how long it took and was elusive to find that first victory. I mean, there was more second-place finishes uh, than a Mark Martin for the championship. Uh, obviously, Chase wasn't in championship <laughs> contention, but as far as second place goes, God, it, right. like every week he was – <laughs> he was this close to cracking that mother wide open. And now he's getting truly, uh, truly cheated of wins due to some bad circumstances on the track. And I'm not going to get into unless uh, unless you want to as far as what happened there. But I'm saying the fact that we can finally say he's getting cheated of wins is great to say because it, well, we're both Chase out here, guys. We both like Chase Race a lot. We both like William Clyde the second. Absolutely. Like, and so it's great to say that, man, finally, he's really uh, he's really proving why, no disrespect to all you Michael Waltrip fans out there, he's really proving why, that yeah, Napa was kind of not morally right, but they were right to kind of leave Michael, even though it left him high and dry, because cause finally he's earning the fact that it's no longer about I'm, I'm Bill Elliott's kid. Now it's like, I'm, I'm as good as you're going to get, besides a Kevin Harvick, maybe a Kyle Busch. That's something. Kyle Bush is a name that sticks out to me, but I'm not going to take it over. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. And, yeah. You know. We're not going to say that name just yet. We're, we'll leave that name to go for a little bit because, you know, we're still wrestling fans, so we still have people we don't want to talk about. Kyle Bush is one of those people. Yeah, we, we, we build up to the things we hate. <laughs> exactly. It's good stuff, pal. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott as well. I, I, I'm just so – impressed with like what you said he has consistently been at the top for at least the last five weeks he's either been in second place or in first place towards the end of the races every week for the last five weeks and he's won one of them thank god but the last couple of ones he he came close and it's amazing to me to think that he could have had two three four possible wins in a row it was a position for that and i think you have to respect that and you have to admire it because of just how great he's been doing and you know we're coming up on talladega this weekend i know we'll preview in a bit yeah he's a he's a talladega winner and it's it's yeah, talladega's tough to predict anybody could it literally here's what's cool about talladega we'll get back to chase in just a second Here's what's cool about Talladega, and then I'll go back to Chase. Now, I love to divert if you guys watch Loganity. <laughs> Here's what's cool about Talladega. Anybody, for once, the the great thing about plate tracks or, now, uh, or tapered spacer tracks now is anyone in the field has a genuine chance to win. You have to survive. The guys like Quinn Half, the guys like Daniel Suarez, the guys like Bubba Wallace, talking about these underfunded teams that have a genuine chance. Not a, not a great one. Not a great one by any stretch. No, of course not. But they have a realistic shot where so the, a lot of the cars I just mentioned, realistically, they don't have a chance to win every week. You're looking at – they. Especially a Daniel Suarez and a Quinn Howe, they'd be thrilled with the top 20. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. But this week, you go, if we just get lucky, we can get a top five. We can even win this damn thing. Don't yeah. believe me? Look at Justin Haley last year at the Summer Daytona race. Of course, that was, that was rain. But no matter what, 
Justin Haley in the 77 car, that Reed Sorensen team that is 15 laps down every week, no disrespect to that squad. They won a race last year at, at, at a tapered spacer or what we used to call a plate track. I, that says anyone's got a chance this week, and that's what I like about it. That that race really had me on the edge. Is that the one where uh, Kurt yeah, hit it? Pit, and then uh, he, he, uh, <sighs> he was channeling his old inner outlaw self. <laughs> you know, remember he used to be the outlaw. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. well, he still is. He yeah, still he's is. Like, but he's really calmed down. Thank Thank the Lord, because I didn't know how he was going to keep going. Like, even I bet you even he was like, you know what? I'm going to end up. Uh, remember, remember when he called Charlie Sheen a spirit animal? That was good stuff. Wasn't that was it? good stuff. That was good stuff. Huh? He's gotten more mellow, and Tony Stewart has almost gotten more rambunctious. I know. Uh, you know, it's it's almost uh, like Tony's kind of mellowed out. He's not anywhere near what he was when he first was in the in the races. But my God, he still has the mouth, and he still loves still, to run it. And it's still fighting in a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's if you go to Eldora, you never know. You never know. If I could get Tony Stewart and Jeff Gordon on commentary, <laughs> oh, I feel like that'd be pretty big league. I feel like uh, you bet you'd better have you'd better have the bleep button. <laughs> you'd better have the bleep button. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, as far as Chase goes, it's a, it's great to see him finally in that conversation. You know, I don't we're, – we're not we're not ones with scripts here. So can we talk about someone, something that surprised me in, in, in the negative sense? Absolutely. I've been surprised by the struggles Matt Kenseth has had since his return. Yeah, he that has, has disappointed me a little bit. He had the top ten at Darlington 1 – yeah, it was Darlington 1, and like followed it up with the top 15 of Darlington 2, and you thought, okay, that's just Matt Kenza kind of doing what Matt Kenza does. And then since then, it, is, it has been a bit of a cluster. Are you surprised by Matt Kenza's, Like, It's not that we expected him to come out right out and win. You, it's, there's an adjustment period here. New team, he's been out of the car for a year and a half as far as the, the Premier Series goes. Are you surprised at just how badly he's struggling? Because he's running where a Bubba Wallace was last year. He's running right there with a Daniel Suarez this year. I am. It's because of the team that he's with. He's in that 42 car. And, you know, we'll maybe get into why he's in that 42 car later. But he's in the 42 car, which before the previous driver of that car, and I'm not going to say his name just yet, but they were doing fairly well leading up to his untimely release and Matt Kenseth I always thought was one heck of a driver and still to this day think he's one heck of a driver granted he's had some time off I I didn't feel like it was going to affect him that much but it almost seems like it's completely the opposite and it is thoroughly affecting him that he is just either not found his groove he's not found the connection with the crew chief or the crew or whatever something in that team is just not meshing and I can't quite figure out what it is but it's really really disappointing because I I was really hoping I'm not expecting him to win any races I'm not expecting him to go out there every week and just tear it up but top 10 top 15 finishes every single week I expected at least that and it doesn't seem like for the most part we're even getting that so yeah I'm very surprised you know, I did. I, I thought. Uh, I, I thought for sure that that he would be in that playoff conversation, and, and he still could be. It's a long. Oh, way to of go. course. I, it's a long way to go, and I believe he'll figure it out. It could be at Talladega. It could be. 
He's got 39 wins. He's got a championship. He's got more top tens than I care to count. You know, because think about it. He was getting, and again, not to bogart your show, but it was one thing that you know, we, you know how you know how my brain works. It work with me now. <laughs> I, I go, oh, we got to talk about that real quick. Think about it. He was getting respectable results by the end of 20, 2018 in that six car, which was more underfunded than it is now for Newman. And I know we'll talk about Newman later on. Absolutely. And he was getting met more respectable results out of the six car that was more underfunded than it is now because he brought Wyndham Rewards to the sport. He brought the Oscar Mayer deal to Roush, the cat in the hat. And so <laughs> it's very surprising to me because here's how you judge a team, in my opinion. Yes, the 42 is the 42, and Kyle Larson uh, is his name. And he was getting – Departure aside, he was getting very good results out of that car. Yeah. And then every week you look at Kurt Busch, who's still getting that top ten every week, maybe even the top five. And I'm sure he'll be in contention to win some races because he's Kurt Busch and he's one of the best to ever do it. You know, when you see that, the the, the disparity between the two, because usually you can look at a, a Hendrick Motorsports, Joe Gibbs Racing, and you say, okay, they're all around the top ten, top fifteen. But it's been – Kurt Busch is 10th, Mackins is this 25th. There's such a disparity there. And I, I know some of that is catch-up ball, but I, I you have to wonder when the panics button, button is going to be hit. Because you don't want Mackins to say, I oh, God, I went out in, in an essential popcorn fart. Because if he went out part-time in for Roush and getting respectable results – Right. That's kind of fitting. You know, his, his relationship with Roush is like that. And I know we're doing audio this week, but I mean, <laughs> it's the fingers crossed. I mean, they're, they're, they're tighter than a skater's pants. So for him to come back to Chip Ganassi, a team that is capable of winning, they, they've proven that. Kurt Busch won last year at Kentucky. Uh, you know, we're not, they're not one of the quote-unquote elite teams. They're about a step above RCR, and they're a step below the Hendrick and the Gibbs and all. But, I mean, they're capable of winning every week. And for him to be struggling like he is, it's – it's. I don't think it's a – I do think it's just an adjustment period. I think he's going to come on like gangbusters in the second half of the schedule. Like in, if you <laughs> – NBC is going to get the better Matt Kenseth. NBC is going to get like – NBC is going to get Matt Kenseth that we kind of know, love, and remember. What is odd about it to me – here's the oddest part. If he came out struggling, I'd kind of – we didn't. He set the bar high when he yeah. got a top ten and a top fifteen at the two Darlington races, and that was his first Cup ride in like a year and a half. Because again, no practice, no qualifying in this COVID era. So he essentially rolled off the couch after a year and a half. Now, obviously, he's been running marathons, so he's he's lost a lot of weight. Even you can see that. So he ran, but quote unquote for layman's terms, he got off his couch. Ran a top 10 and top 15 at arguably the toughest track on the circuit and has been downward sledding ever since. It's odd to me, a very oddity, but I think he'll turn it around. How about you? I definitely think he will. And I think it definitely is just going to be one of those things where it's just going to have to come to him. He's going to have to get the practice in. Obviously, they're not practicing, but he's going to have to just – it's like any sport. you got to get the reps. After you've had a couple of times off, after you've, if, even with injuries like football and basketball, you get injuries. You come back. Maybe you're not as quick as you were. You're not as fast as you were. You're, you know, you have to get that reps back in. You have to get that game speed. The one top ten was a little bit of an anomaly, but I think – as good of a driver as he is and as much of a championship pedigree as he has in that brain of his, they're going to figure it out. And like you said, Chip Ganassi has a great team around them. It's not like they're, you know, poo-poo. But <laughs> you like that? they're better than where he was at Roush. Like, no disrespect yeah. to Roush, but they're be- that's better equipment. 
Ganassi's a step below the elites. They're the bridge gap between a Gibbs and a and a Roush Fenway. Yeah, between a between a Gibbs and a and a Petty Motorsports. They're the bridge gap. They're the in between. So everyone would put and again, no disrespect to the cat in the hat. Come on, come on the red flag and let's talk about it. But almost everyone would put Jim Ganassi Racing in front of Roush Fenway in front of those teams right now, and yet it's going the opposite as far as Matt Kenseth's performance. Yeah, like. Gibbs, Hendricks, that's tier one. Mm-hmm. I would definitely put Chip Kineski as tier, as tier two. Yeah. For sure. It's 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 the Gibbs, Hendricks, Stewart Haas, and then and then Ganassi is that next step down. So that Ganassi is that next step. It's odd to me. Very, very odd. But it is what it is. It's racing, I guess. But I'll quit taking over your show. Oh, you're fine, my friend. You're fine. You are more in depth than I will ever hope to be. But I'm, I'm, we're getting there, man. We're getting there. Well, you know, <laughs> look, look, if there's one thing I know how to do, it's beat a dead horse and make sure it gets in the door. You know, and, you know, drive a point home, make sure it gets in the door. That's all I know how to do. So with that being said, I think we're going to change gears here a little bit. And we're going to talk a little bit of not so – popular opinions or popular topics but they are some of the top stories in the sport of course we do have to first mention that the confederate flag has now since been banned in nascar what are your immediate thoughts mr legandy you know i think it's uh, I, I saw the uproar and unless you're from the south i don't get it because to the people in the South, a lot of people, I should say, I shouldn't stereotype, not everybody, of course. To many folks in the South, it's a matter of pride and heritage. And it's something that I don't personally agree with, but I don't live in the South. Now, the people here in Columbus, Ohio, and all the comments you see about, I'm going to quit watching NASCAR. Number one, the Confederate flag is very controversial. And I, in many opinions, represents hatred. And NASCAR needs more diversity or else the sport's not going to survive. It's not a matter of should they have it. It's not. This isn't 2001. This isn't. This isn't 1999. Where yes, we can survive on the Intimidator and Wonder Boy and like the sport is doing okay. Don't get me wrong. They're not on their deathbed, but for long-term sustainable success. They have to have more diversity. There needs to be more Bubba Wallace's. There needs to be more Daniel Suarez. And it's not about closing the door on the past. It's about being more inclusive for the future. No one's forgetting that NASCAR was started by moonshiners, in my opinion. No one's forgetting the the Southern heritage and the Southern pride of NASCAR. But if we can take some of the hatred that goes along with some of those stereotypes – why the hell wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you be more inclusive to to people of color, uh, to all communities? Why not? Because the sport's not going to survive long-term viability as far as TV contracts go and the things of those nature if you don't. And to the people that are upset by it, you're, this is America. Whether I agree with you or not, you're entitled to your opinion. But if you're that upset about it that you're stopping watching NASCAR, then you didn't care about NASCAR to begin with or you no longer enjoy the product. Because Napper – I don't care, and this isn't something I want them to do. Let me make let me make clear. Let me make clear on this because every now and again, Nap and Napper knows this from working with me on the game of the wrestling podcast because we're, we're tight like skaters' pants too. <laughs> and every now and again, I go to the extremes. Here we go. Here we go. I don't care if NASCAR would have said we're going to put a Confederate flag up at every track. <laughs> do I want that to happen? Hell no. Let me make that very clear. Right. But I, but I am a fan of the sport, so I can say 
I wholeheartedly disagree with that decision and go, I'm going to still watch because I enjoy NASCAR. I enjoy what those drivers do. I'm, and that's what is killing me about seeing all these so-called comments. I'm done with NASCAR. Check out the NASCAR on Fox or NBC Facebook page. And it's hundreds. Like, then you're not a racing fan. And if you can't try to be more inclusive, like I said, if you're not from the South, I don't even want to hear the other, other side of the argument. The people in Ohio, they're uh, kill me. The, the, the comments I hear, like, you're, what the hell does that flag mean to you? The Confederacy seceded from the United States because usually these people are, are very patriotic and I, I love my country too. Amen. And, and they succeeded from our country. It was a battle over slavery. They're not a part of our country. Doesn't represent anything to do with us. <laughs> so what in the blue hell are you upset about? Now in the South, I get it's become this weird rebel like Deuce of Hazard yeah. type thing. But and that's Okay, whatever floats your boat. Again, this is America, whether I agree with it or not. But if you're not from the South, I don't want to hear your argument. And they go, well, that's history. Yes, no one's forgetting that. You don't see Germany erecting erecting statues to Hitler. Like, no, we were well aware of the history. Now, do I think that sometimes cancel culture can go too far? Yeah, for example, you mentioned Dukes of Hazard. Do I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of silly you can't see him on TV land right. if you're offended by that flag, which is totally your right. Change the channel. But for Na- NASCAR should NASCAR shouldn't act like it didn't exist. That that other that that old school part of the history, but they also shouldn't necessarily embrace that most that most stereotypical part of the sport because. It'll always be there. It will always be there. There will forever be people that remind you, here's what NASCAR was at its core. And if you're done watching NASCAR because they took down the flag of of the Confederacy, what are you doing? Like, do you care about the sport? I think the people that say, I'm not watching anymore, probably weren't liking the sport anyway because it's made a lot of changes recently. Right. Stage racing and, 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 I mean, a lot of things that traditionalists were, you know, pissed off by. And I I get it. But – I love NASCAR. I love the sport. I love the drivers. I love what they do. You can't get that anywhere else. It's it's similar to professional wrestling. It's its own unique form of entertainment. So, uh, what what do you what are your thoughts? You know, it, was it the right thing to do? do you, where do you stand on all the people getting offended? And and I mean, like I said, it's one thing to have a different opinion, but you see all the all the absolute uproar. What are your thoughts? I think it was the right call to make. You know, we, we've talked a couple of times that we know we're the wrestling guys, but we're also NASCAR guys. We're a little bit of both. It's kind of like the people that watch wrestling and say, oh, that's stupid. I'm not going to watch it. You see that in every sport. They'll say, oh, that was stupid. I don't like that. I'm going to stop watching it. Bye, I guess. Good riddance. You're not a fan. I agree with you. You're not a fan. If something like that easily offends you to the point that you don't want to watch anymore. And because it is such a controversial thing, they had to get rid of it at some point. Now, I do think that it would be interesting to see what they feel like with in terms of like apparel of fans, like T-shirts and stuff. Because, you know, there's probably Dukes of Hazard T-shirts with the rebel flag on it. There's T-shirts in general with the rebel flag on So it will be interesting to see what kind of stance they take on that. Being able to fly it on their tracks, I think, is the good start and a good medium. Yeah, if you allow them to wear the shirts, by all means, wear, allow them to wear the shirts, especially if it's a Dukes of Hazard shirt. 
I have nothing against the Dukes of Hazard. I have nothing against what that flag meant to that show and what it means to the people that love that show in particular. That's where I think maybe NASCAR could go a little too far. And I agree with you that cancel culture sometimes at times does go a little bit too above and beyond what I feel is necessary. We all should be a little bit more inclusive. We should all be a little bit more respectable of people's feelings and people's thoughts on certain topics. But there is such a thing as going too far. There is such a thing as being too PC. You have to also realize that you either have to have a a tough skin if you want to watch some of these things or just don't watch. Like you said, turn the channel. If you really, really are that upset about it just turn the channel because the thing that upsets me and i know that that someone's going to hear this and go well see that's what we're saying we're going to do well that's fine do it once you've made that comment once but thousands of people are making that comment every single day and then they come back and still watch and i've seen the ratings i mean we'll see what happens as the year goes on the ratings aren't really declining that much to the point of a, a reflective of a big boycott. They are declining in terms of some of the novelties wearing off to some of the people that took new interest because it was the only sport kind of back in town. But there's no, there's nothing to suggest a, a, a full-fledged boycott is taking place, nor should it. it again, it's not about closing the door on the past. It's not about a big screw you to the old schoolers in NASCAR. It's about let's meet those schools together. And if that flag makes someone like Bubba Wallace feel uncomfortable, then why can't we hear him and take him down? And why why can't why why can't we hear it and take it down? Pardon me. It 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 really to to me it, again. Why the problem with everything going on is we can't hear an opposing viewpoint. And plus, people act like, uh, and this really, I mean, this grinds my gears. And the, pardon the pun on this NASCAR show, the red flag. <laughs> but but the people that act like he was really calling for a, for a take it down. You know, no, he was asked his opinion by CNN's Don Lemon, and he gave it, and that's it. And then NASCAR made the call. Yeah, he opened he up the dialogue. Go, he didn't go on a crusade saying it's got to go because it would be out of line for Wallace to say so because of the fact that he hasn't warranted the results of making such a such a demanding change, even though it would be accurate. I'm saying as far as – people act like he really ran his mouth. I hate that. Like, no, he didn't. And even if he did, he wants to be more included as an African-American male. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? Because – it, it makes no sense because let's apply it to any other sport. Would baseball hang one up? Would an NBA hang one up? All right. And yeah, people go, well, racing's different. Yeah, you're damn right it is. But it doesn't always need to be different. There's plenty of symbols of the past. Richard Petty still owns a team. He owns the team that Bubba Wallace drives for. <laughs> and those two are oil and water as far as, a, uh, as, far as political views go. They are what America needs. And I'm not being silly here. Richard Petty has been very clear on a lot of issues. He's very old school and he's the king and he, he's the king, okay? And uh, he likes to drop that okay in there okay. a whole lot. Okay. <laughs> and he couldn't be more clear on where he stands on certain issues in this country as far as the, the anthem debate and the kneeling. He's made very clear he doesn't agree with that. He's made that very public. You recall that a few years ago? I do. And I'm saying if he and Bubba Wallace, who have got to be like oil and water, can come to the compromise and meet in the middle, everybody in this country should take note. Let's put it in perspective. If Richard Petty, an ultra-conservative, a man who has spoken at Donald Trump rallies, 
can say, yeah, let's let's open up the dialogue for change. Why can't everyone else? If they can, they're because Richard Petty didn't just suddenly become some big liberal, right? Like, no, that's no, that's, that's not, not what that's happened not, here. That was Richard Petty trying to open up and be more respectable to his driver and trying to understand his views. And you notice how I would be very surprised if Bubba Wallace ever takes a knee for the anthem while he works for RPM. I would be very, very surprised. I would too. Because of the fact I got to feel – and I'm purely speculating here. We love to do our own organic and we'll do it here too. I wouldn't be surprised if Petty said, go ahead and have the car. Just don't kneel because Petty feels so very – strongly about kneeling and so i i got to feel that was a compromise and people forget the only reason that black lives matter car was even ran in the first place and it was great that it was ran yeah is because blue emo dropped them during the iRacing series when you rage quit because that was the blue emo maximum 500 they were planning to be all over bubble wallace's car and then Bubba Wallace was left without a sponsor when he rage quit. Uh, I don't know what race it was. Homestead, I think. I think so. I think it was Homestead. Boyer got into him and he got mad and he rage quit. And blue email. Better than what else happened in that eye racing. So he 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 rage quit and blue email dropped him. Now left him without a sponsor. And they're not a big enough team to be going without a sponsor. They're not a big enough team to just do it one time by themselves. It created dialogue. Yeah. And for Richard Petty Motorsports, because I hear people saying, well, he shouldn't have opened his mouth. They're an underfunded team that has been even – if, even if he shouldn't be entitled to his opinion, which is completely stupid in my opinion, that right. he shouldn't be able to say anything. Or, Richard Petty Motorsports is not in that position. They're not a Gibbs. They're not a Hendrick. They're not a Stuart Haas. They're not a Ganassi. They're below that. Mm-hmm. Frankly, they're probably below Roush in terms of funding. Yeah. They need – all the exposure they could possibly get. So that's probably where Richard Petty saw it from. He probably goes, I don't necessarily agree. And again, I'm purely speculating. Purely, I want to make that, I'm not speaking to Richard Petty. But I'm just saying, based on what we know about him, based on history, a guy that is very old school, to put to say the least, he probably went, I don't necessarily agree, but if Bubba feels that way and he's my driver, I support my driver, plus it's a good opportunity for my team, okay. Like, if they can meet in the middle, because Richard Petty, Richard Petty is the old school of that sport. Absolutely, he is the ultimate symbol. He was the cat in the hat long before the cat in the hat. You see, <laughs> you, you you don't see Richard Petty without his shades, shades and his, the- his classic hat and the and the mustache and just the swagger. He is the king. He is the ultimate symbol. Of old school, not the Confederate flag that was on his car a couple times after wins. He is it. So if he at what eighty two now, just about. say let's meet in the middle. This is the dialogue this country needs. We got to stop hating everybody for different views. We have to open up and find a way to meet in the middle. Yep. And, and so that, that's what NASCAR needs. And I can't believe the people that because Richard Petty is that symbol. He's the reason you got involved. It, you know, so many of those old schoolers would say, "I'm not watching NASCAR anymore." It, it, don't you sound like the party you oppose? Don't you sound like the people you oppose? The the snowflakes, the the this, the that. The, like, don't tell just, them that. They'll get even more upset. It just it just. 
We got to meet in the middle. Yeah. Find a way. And if he can do it, because he's the ultimate symbol of the old school. Anytime someone asks him for his press credential, the few, few times there's a young kid asking, you know what Richard Petty's response is? My face is my press credential because he's Richard Petty. <laughs> if he can meet in the middle, that's everybody else. Absolutely. And, I mean, you've touched on everything right on the head. The only thing I will say, and it's a little bit joking, a little bit goofy, that was the best rage quit I think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, because he was he was like, damn it, Clint, and then just anyway, you know what? That's why I don't take this is serious. He didn't say it, and then he just bye. I felt so vindicated in my rage quits. If Bubba Wallace can rage quit on an iRacing game, I can rage quit too. Uh, but moving on from that, we're going to talk about something that is also happening in this country that's a little bit. Is still very serious and still very much alive, and that is the coronavirus, which has prohibited NASCAR from having too many fans, if any, in the crowds. But it is now getting to a point where NASCAR is allowing small amounts of fans into the crowds. Question is, is it too early? Personally, I think it is a little bit too early because there are so many things we still don't know. I think once we got to the end of your season, maybe that would have been the time to try this. It is halfway through the season, so I do understand that they want to try to maybe make something happen. And, of course, you don't want to lose money by not having butts in those seats. But I do think that maybe, just maybe, they were a little bit too quick to rush this. What do you think? Yeah, I actually think it just it falls on the, the person at this point. I think I – think, <laughs> I, I know this is a I don't I don't know if it's an unpopular take. I'll just lay it out there. I think at this stage, knowing what we know about the virus, we know how dangerous it is to a certain degree. We have right. a great idea. I think if you want to have a limited number of fans, that is your right with it as a business to make a profit, and then that is your decision as a person to go. I've said very clear because as someone that had t- I got k- tickets to Kentucky, that race will be happening with no fans. I have tickets to Kentucky. I have tickets to outdoor the truck race. I don't know what the the stand. There's no announcement made there regarding fans. So I'm a guy that's paying the price for this as a NASCAR fan. Here's my thought. I think that at this stage, knowing what we know, you should be required to wear a face mask, which would be like hard to do. I get, but it's the risk you got to take to to go. And now all the dirt, I get it. But if you don't want to do it, don't go. And if you feel comfortable going, that's your right to go. To go ahead. No one should at this point should tell you you got to stay home unless we have a serious uptick again. I think if you don't want to go due to COVID reasons, Ticketmaster or whomever should give you a full refund. I think it should be at this point your your full decision. I agree to, with that. If you want to go. That's totally your right. If you don't want to go, that's also totally your right. I don't think I, I don't think you should have to make the choice per se between I'm going to lose the money or whatever, or I, I risk getting sick. As someone that is in that spot, I want to go to Adora badly because I like I know the seriousness of the virus, and I and I'll, I'll wear a mask, I'll take my precautions, but I miss living what feels like normal life. And so I desperately hope that Eldora allows fans. Yeah. I don't think they will, given the given the very uh, – this isn't a political pun. Given the very conservative approach our governor's taken, I, I think fans is a long shot. But but I, I, as someone that's in that position, 
I want to go. I'll take the chances. And I, and I'm saying I'll even I'll sign a waiver at the door to get in or whatever. I'm not going to sue anybody. I knew I knew the risk I was taking. I knew what I was doing. If I go to Eldora, if I go to any any big crowded event at this stage, I know the risk I'm taking until the vaccine is made. I, I get it. So that's one that's in that spot. I think give me the right to go and give me the right not to go. But let me let me make that choice myself. It's similar to again not to be too political on the show, but it's the voting debate. Do we have it? You know, do we do we have it or not? Do we make? Yeah. Give me the choice to make. That's I, I, just how I feel. I agree with that. So with that being said, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, Mr. Loganity, who are we sponsored by? Well, you know, this show I believe is going to be presented by No Joe Sports Gear. Or maybe it's going to be the theater people. Or maybe it's going to be... Who's it going to be? We don't know. We don't know. I think they should all sponsor us. Because we're awesome. Yeah. I mean, you guys have seen us on Tuesdays. Come on. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. It's diabetic. Diabetic, brother. So with that, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Yeah. And when we come back, we're going to have a little segment that we're going to start here on the red flag called Red Flag, Green Flag. We'll be right back. And we're back on the red flag. And before we end it for everyone, we're going to start or end with a little bit of a game for all of our red flag nation called red flag, green flag. How this is going to work. I'm going to give Mr. Loganity three different stories, three different little questions. And he's either going to green flag them or he's going to red flag them. Either he green flags them and he likes the idea or he thinks it's a go or he red flags it and thinks it's a no. So with that being said, let's get started. Jimmy Johnson is supposedly still going to be having this be his last year as a NASCAR full-time NASCAR driver. And it's kind of been a disappointment. He's not really been up to the level that we've expected from him. He was a little bit not up to par last year as well. Ever since he's lost Chad Knauss as his crew chief, it seems like he's kind of taken a little bit of a dive. So the question is, is Jimmy Johnson really as good of a driver as we thought he was without Chad Knauss? I would say so because, you know, he's on this 100 – I think it's 106 races coming into Dega, uh, losing streak. And that a lot of that dates back to that last half year. Of, it's Look, the reality is Jimmy Johnson has passed his prime. It's We've said we've said Richard Petty's name a lot. Well, in 1992, Richard Petty went out on his final year and it was essentially a victory lap. It was – no one expected him to contend for a championship. And, of course, Petty Enterprises was long underfunded at that point. But still, as far as he wasn't the same talent he was, he was. And Jimmy's just – I don't think Jimmy is a, really embarrassing himself per se, but he's lost a step. He's not elite anymore. He's 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 where Alex Bowman is right now. Alex Bowman is coming into the elite, and he's not quite elite yet, but he's right there. That's Johnson. Johnson could st- – Johnson could win this week, and I and I, I wouldn't be stunned because he's Jimmy Johnson. You'd say, "What a what a moment for the sport!" Because it'd be great. But I don't think it's a matter of he's not as good as Barry. Like he won five straight championships. That takes two to tango. Like, but five straight, and they like he's the reason for all the system changes because they were like, "You're too good. We you're, you're killing us, <laughs> killing us." <laughs> he is as good as we thought he was. 
He's just past it. By the way, before I before I get to the, before we kick it back to you, I don't think this should be his last year. They have Ally until twenty twenty three. He should do one more with fans. So he's got legions of fans. Let and I, I'm not a Jimmy Johnson guy. Ever since he won those five championships, I go. <laughs> I, I couldn't care less. Like I, it, I understand his significance to the sport. I right. really do. But as far as they might be not fan, so it's not like I'm sitting. I didn't buy Kentucky to come see him. The biggest thing I'm losing on Kentucky is my first ever Cup race. And plus, when Matt Kenseth came back, I was like, yes, I've always been a Kenseth guy. If you can't tell by the show earlier, <laughs> um, it's. I don't think this should be, should be his last year because fans have. He's earned the right to go on that farewell tour that Petty got in '92 and. Gordon got overall and then got again when he came back part-time for junior. And, of course, Smoke, Tony Stewart, uh, give the fans that opportunity to see you, especially when the sponsorship is set. If you said, I just want – I'll do one more because of COVID, no one would be upset at that. But, like, fans so desperately want to say body him. But, yeah, I think he's as good as we always thought he was. He's just lost a step. Yeah, I'm going to red flag it as well. I, I just think he's he's gotten to that point where he is. He's out of his prime, and unfortunately that has resulted in a couple of seasons that just don't live up to the, the mystique and the overall presence of who Johnson is. I agree, though. I definitely think this shouldn't be his last year because I would like to see him get that final send off. They could still do the laps and everything that they they've done, where he, you know, he'll get that one victory lap. But um, I, I don't think this should be his last year. It's just weird because of the last couple of retirements that we've seen. You've seen the Tony Stewart's. You've seen the the Jeff Gordons. I was a Jeff Gordon guy myself, so I see him hang it up was very uh, saddening and very disappointing but the way that they went out they went out almost on top both tony and gordon got into the playoffs before their day was done hopefully we can see jimmy johnson do the same thing and he actually came close i don't remember what track it was but he was in second place at one point so it's not like he's i don't want to sit here and say that he's been absolutely bad it's just not nearly where i expect him to be and part of that could be that he's had to adjust to a new crew chief it's just weird seeing a guy who won five championships in his last couple years fall so far from that standard that he set for himself yeah some of that is is the is the standard issue he created that monster per se he created like he doesn't have a great nickname like the king of the intimidator but he's in that same class you know, if he doesn't pass, if he doesn't pass seven this year, and if the season ended today for all his pitfalls, he would make the playoffs. He's like 14th. Yeah. You know, he would make the round of 16. If he doesn't win a championship this year, seven's never getting touched again under the current system. You can't because too much comes down to the final race at what is typically Homestead this year, and for the foreseeable future, I believe will be Phoenix. Yeah, and too much comes into that, so you'll never see seven again because it's such a roll of the dice. So if he doesn't win a championship this year, I think those three are going to stand alone forever. Uh, for at least under the current system, who knows what NASCAR rolls out in 10 years. Uh, if he doesn't do it, it'll never be done. And so again, is he lost a step? Absolutely. But again, some of it is the standard he created. He created that mammoth monster that is Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion, what, 86 wins. Yeah. I mean, that's just eight short of, of uh, Gordon's 93 – or seven short of Gordon's 93. And 
it's it's the monster he created. So that's the problem. If the season ended the day for all his his struggles and we're we are stupid early still, yeah, in terms of a twenty six race season, but he would be in the playoffs. So in some ways he's doing his job because there's plenty of drivers. If Bubba Wallace makes playoffs this year, which currently sitting in twentieth, so quote unquote that bubble. That would be the biggest achievement of their career. So I'm saying so many people would kill for what he's doing even now. So it's the standard he said. I mean, he doesn't have a nickname, but, you know, we are wrestling guys, and I know we keep bringing it up. We could call him old six-time, six-time, six-time champion, in the words of Booker T, even though it's not five-time. but It's not six-time either. It's seven. Is he a seven-time champion? Yeah. I just called you out on your own show. Dang. Mm Mm-hmm. Seven-time champ. There you go. I blacked out on like two of those. Mm-hmm. I must have. I'm not a big Jim Johnson fan either. Yeah. Even whenever he was teammates with Gordon, I just – It's because Gordon – because I, I grew up a Jeff Gordon guy. So, <laughs> yeah. So it suddenly made Gordon second fiddle with Hendrick. And, and, like, started, and it, was, it was just <laughs> – I know it's <laughs> – here's the kicker. Jeff Gordon is the actual owner of that yeah, particular right. car. <laughs> so like, so was, does he get credit for that? Like, yeah, he, should. he should. Owner championship, pal. <laughs> so speaking of retirements, another guy that is not reported to be hanging up, but I wonder if he should. He had a little bit of an incident at Daytona this year before everything went a little bit crazy before the COVID thing. God, it seems like a year ago. It really does, man. It really does. Ryan Newman, who... Be to be quite honest, I think a lot of wrestling fair not wrestling. <laughs> See what you did to me? Uh-huh. I did it to myself. I, I did it to myself. But a lot of racing fans are very were very concerned and very cautious of whether or not he may have lost his life that night. Mm-hmm. Ryan Newman, should he hang it up after this year? I think that's Ryan Newman's decision to make. Uh, the but the answer I have is no. Uh, Ryan Newman is still a very competitive driver. Does is he a is he a winner? I I guess not. He could win this week because anyone can. But it, as far as as far as should he really is it not because no because it's it's not Hendrick. It's not Gibbs. It's not Stewart. It's Roush. Who in the system is really ready to take that spot? Maybe Chase Briscoe. Maybe. Maybe. And do you want to put him in that ride? And plus, since the new generation of cars been pushed back a year, which would be a tough adjustment for the the old, the kind of the old guard, the Johnsons, the Kurt Bushes, the Ryan Newmans, and now the Matt Kenseths that he's returned. Um, since it's been pushed back a year, I mean, you know, what's one more? And it, Ryan Newman. Plus, it's hard to go out when Jimmy Johnson's going out. Like, he, Ryan, don't get me wrong, Ryan Newman's not of the caliber of a Jimmy Johnson, even though he did beat him for Rookie of the Year. Fun fact. <laughs> I remember that year. But it's it's a matter of, like, Ryan Newman would deserve his own, not, like, elite all every week send-off, but it should be talked about where it would be a footnote this year due to COVID and due to Jimmy. Like, there's no reason to hang it up. Uh, I know what happened. That's the risk. That's the sport. That's... I mean, that's the truth. That's I mean, it's unfortunate. And will I be nervous for him this week because Talladega, the same, not the same track, but but the same type of track, same concept that happened, yeah. where crashing is key, borderline encouraged. Yeah, <laughs> like it's concerning, no doubt, but it's concerning all the time. Yeah. And Ryan Newman is going to Ryan Newman is an old schooler. 
he's kind of he's he, in many ways he's kind of like NASCAR's last real cowboy. If that makes sense, he does it his way. And 18 career wins again, right? That's that's why we talk about we talked about Harvick's 50 wins. Yeah, Ryan Newman's had a great career. He's going in the Hall of Fame. He has 18 wins. Yeah, he has 18 wins. I think he's going in the Hall of Fame, not first ballot, but I think he gets in someday. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so. I think, but I think he's on the right to seven time, and I don't know if you want to go out with that cloud that this year hanging over your head as far as well the incident. Yeah. So unless he knows something health wise that we don't, that he needs to step away. Yeah, I'd be stubborn and say I'm at least hanging on until the new car gets here because you don't have anything. Now, if anything, now you're needed another year. Now, when a new car is brought in, maybe a new driver to kind of a whole new era for a lot of these guys. Yeah. This whole sport. But with one more year of this current car due to COVID, why not? Oscar Mayer hot dog. Let's go. <laughs> and really, he's done great for that for that Fenway team. He still has such – because he's so valuable because he's a college graduate from Purdue in engineering. Don't believe me he's not valuable? RCR, look at them. When do they start turning it around? Slowly but surely after Ryan Newman got there. And now he's gone, and now they're running better. And he's not getting the fruits of that labor. And he has to – because they were pretty rough off when he got there at RCR. Yeah. And he got them that one win. Yeah. And they, and then Austin Dillon got a few. But they've been pretty rough off. So he makes every program better. And he's gotten – I mean, he was in the round of 12. And you remember the Charlotte Roval last year where, I mean, he literally was trying to beat and bang his way into the round of eight. Mm-hmm. Remember how crinkled that car was? Yeah. <laughs> like – it's pretty bad. He gets results out of cars that – no, he's, I don't know if he's going to win. Like I said, he can win Data. He can win Daytona because anyone can. He could probably win certain road courses because those are another ones that it feels like odd things happen. Uh, wherever you are, Boris said we love you. <laughs> and it it is a matter to me – like Newman it gets results out of places he probably shouldn't get results from. I think he would he would get better results in the forty three than Bubba would because Newman just has to, had to will his way. I would agree with that. To results because and some of that is the engineering degree from Purdue. Right. Uh, he, he knows he knows the little tweaks mm. to make a car turn. He knows how to make a tick. Yeah, and so uh, Newman's so valuable. I don't. I I think Fenway would uh, Roush Fenway would be in trouble not financially or anything, but I think it would set them back at least a year if he were to hang it up. I kind of, you know, we keep making wrestling because wrestling is our life, damn it. We're NASCAR fans, but man, we love wrestling. Yeah. He's kind of like The Undertaker in a sense. Sure, I can get that. He needs to, he, you know, we, we worry about his safety. We don't want to see him die on that track. We don't want to see him die in the ring, so to speak. Mm. But. He needs to go out on his time. I agree. I got a red flag this one just because do I want to see him retire from my own sanity and does not see him die on track? Because the one thing with the way that he crashed at Daytona was eerily similar to the way that Earnhardt died. Sure. And the, you know, the no media knowing what was going on nobody had cameras on it really you had media silence for a good three hours no updates nothing and it just got eerily uncomfortable because you worried the same situation on the same exact track was going to happen but i definitely equate it to the undertaker because you just you have to let him go out on his shield. You have to let him go out on his time. And like you said, how do you, you really want to go out the same year Jimmy Johnson goes out? 
I personally wouldn't, even if, you know, it's Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, if I wanted to, it kind of like, well, that pushes it back. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, I think he's going to wait a little bit longer, and he should, because he still does. He has a lot to offer to the sport still, because he was, I, I believe he was actually doing fairly well at Daytona that year. He, yeah. I think he was very close up to the front. Certainly. So. He can still get it done, and I, I do worry about his safety. It, it, I hope to God that nothing happens to him uh, in the coming races and whatever he's got going on afterwards. But for my sanity, I kind of wish he would, but I, I have to red flag it and say that he shouldn't. I, I, before we move on to our next green flag red flag, and again, I'm going to read. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say he shouldn't, so I'm going to red flag it. Correct? Is that yes. how this works? All right. And so. Are we making too much of one incident so to ponder? Because we talk yeah. about Undertaker. Undertaker's had a multitude of incidents <laughs> that make you go, wow. But in NASCAR, like, Richard Petty's kind of the standard of hanging on too long. Richard Petty, 92, was worn out. And he, he had to he had to get out of the car early, and I believe, I believe it was uh, – oh, it might have been Bristol. He got out of the car early because he was just so dehydrated and worn out, like, be, because of age, and he would uh, need IVs and, like – Ryan Newman had one bad crash. Yeah. I don't know if we should punish him for one bad moment. And I don't mean punish him. We're not punish, but I'm saying let's not treat him with kid gloves because, like, yeah, but it could have been anybody. It could have been anybody. I because did his age really have a lot to do with what took place there? I don't know. Is his age why? Like, or was it just a bad crash? Would change if God forbid? Like, we don't want this happen. If Chase Elliott goes to that same crash, does his age make that difference? Well, I'll give know. I'll give you a good example. Austin Dillon, the crash that he had where everybody was very worried that he might have been seriously injured because nearly half of his car was torn from the actual car. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting in the pot in the pits like, I'm good. Hey. I'm good. I mean, he he's one of the youngest on the track, so his age definitely has nothing to do with that. I just think it was the severity of and it, it's weird because he he got out rather quick from the hospital. Yeah, two he, days. He got two days out of the hospital. Like I, I figured he broke something or like something was shattered. They never they, they never and they never disclosed it. Yeah. I my guess is a very serious concussion. Yeah. That would be my and that'd be the only thing that I think would maybe make him retire is if it was a concussion, if he gets another one. Yeah, done. It's it, it, kind of like Junior. We're purely spec. We are purely speculating here. I, so, so NASCAR don't sue us. Yes, please. Don't. But but it, again, I maybe we're making too much of one incident. Now, I, if he ever has another incident like that again and again, they've changed the the package now to where they hope the car doesn't because the car's got to stay off the ground. That's yeah. a big issue too. Like I love. Yes, it's a spectacle to see it. I, I think of the Carl Edwards and the catch fence, and and you can even think of Ryan Newman to some degree of of the wow, you know, before we knew it was bad. Yeah, because so often we've been just we've been like uh, again we, we're wrestling fans, like ECW fans. You've been kind of desensitized to the point of oh my god, this could be horrible. Like oh my god, these are real people. Yeah. Instead. You know, we watched Kyle Larson flip last year at Talladega, what seemed like 11, 12 times. It, we become a little immune to how serious it is. So, again, did one bad incident really, you know, make it to where now we got to be gun shy with him? But that's something for you all to ponder and you let us know. 
Absolutely. So with that being said, we're going to get to our last red flag, green flag, and it's really a simple one. Will we see any other big changes made to NASCAR by the end of the season? Uh, anything that will either become a reality because of COVID or just something that they feel like they need to change? I don't know if we'll see something take, take, like really take place during the season, but it's this is going to be a wild, silly season. This is Bubba Wallace's last year of his contract. Daniel Suarez is on a one one year deal with Gaunt Brothers Racing. Matt Kenseth, who knows what happens with him because he's back this year. But what's what? What does next year have? What happens? To Ross Chastain. Um, Kurt Busch has just got one year on his deal with Ganassi. Eric Jones has got one year on his deal with Gibbs. Uh, Clint Boyer has got one year on his deal with Stuart Haas. I don't know if we see anything that actually changes on the track this year. But this could be one of the wildest off-seasons in NASCAR history with all those drivers I just listed. A lot of those drivers will stay put. Don't get me wrong. I I would say Bubba Wallace stays put at RPM. Uh, Andrew Merstein, the co-owner, talked about wanting him to be in, in the 43 for years to come. But so many of those drivers are on one-year contracts this year. And again, in Kenseth's case, what is his, what is his status? You know, if he turns it around like we think he will, does that make Ganassi? Because Ganassi is not a building program. No. His slogan is, I like winners. <laughs> that's that's Ganassi's program. Uh, and he certainly does, especially in IndyCar. Yeah. Uh, so what happens there? There's so many questions. And then, of course, Chase Briscoe is itching to – you know, get a, Noah Gregson says he doesn't know what he's doing next year. There's there's so many questions as far as what's happening. Plus, assuming it is his last year, like he says it is, Jimmy the 48's open. Who's going there? Everybody in their mama's going to be vying for that seat. Will Orion Newman hang it up? Will we get a surprise retirement like that? You know, does a Kurt Busch look at this being it? Because you know, how long does that old guard hang on? Ooh. So it. You know, it's because he always said he wanted to quit after 20 years. And then yeah. he had a really good year last year at Ganassi and said, I'm having so much fun, I'll come back. Because he, the, the, Kurt Busch always said, I want to do, yeah, the last three or four years, said, I want to do 20 years and then I'm out. Last year was his 20th year. He had a really good year, the most fun he's had in ages because he was having a good team. And, and Ganassi kind of embraces Bush's outlaw. He kind of does what he wants, says what he wants, and drinks Monster Energy persona. <laughs> and, so it made it to where he goes. You know what's the what's the big deal? But uh, so yeah, I think this. I don't know about any changes in NASCAR. Yeah, I don't know about any. any uh, the biggest change you can see is hopefully by the end of the year, fans are in the stands. Yeah, I would hate to see a championship four race without. Yeah, that would be pretty awkward. That I, would, I, like I hope that happens. Like as far as that's the biggest change I think you could see on the track or at the track. But this. There's going to be so many off-season rumors brewing and so many what in the world's going on here. I, I can't wait. I want the season to last as long as possible. Whenever the season does end, assuming it's in November, dude, all the schedule changes. Um, I can't wait to see what happens this off-season. So I'll throw a really quick one at you real quick before we wrap it up here. What do you think about the weekday races? I, I you know, I, I like them. I, I do. They get away my wrestling time. I had to record it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like the weekday races. It gives me, it breaks the monotony a little bit. Yeah, and the, it, I, I, it, and now I've gotten a little used to the weekday races. So now I'm like, I gotta wait a whole week. <laughs> it, it's a, it's for, as a viewer, I love the quick turnaround. If I'm looking at it from a driver's standpoint, I hate it. 
it's too quick of a turnaround and you don't have time to really tinker and, and, and go, you don't have time to have that probably what I imagine is like a great Greg House moment at the shop going, oh, I'll try this for this week. You don't have that time. I think the drivers need that time. And I think that's also affected some of the quality of guys' performances. Maybe a Matt Kenseth or a Ryan Newman is a little fatigued at all the driving they're having to do because you're not getting that week. You're you're racing at Homestead, then you're in Martinsville, then you're, you know, and it's on a Wednesday. And then how and Mother Nature has been completely against NASCAR to boot. So how many have been postponed today? And then you have to race again in two days. And I think that as a viewer, I love the midday races because it gives me something to do. But as a fan, I think it makes the quality worse. Look at it this way. I know we're taking a little bit. I'm sorry about that. Thursday night football. How many of those games are stinkers? <laughs> a lot. Nine out of ten. Yeah. A lot. Every now and again, you'll see a classic. Don't get me right, every, right. Like that's why I say nine. Because you'll get that one that's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But there's a great argument made that Thursday night football should end because they don't have time to install the full playbook, come up with a full game plan, and so the it's usually uh, one of those old school twelve to six squeaker type games. Well, and especially if you're the away team because you just you don't get that time. Right. So and usually so, the home team wins nine so, times out of ten. And so that that is the that's my similarity as far as I think I think racing the quality of racing. I think a guy like uh, again I know I say his name. I uh, hope we're not having drinking contests. We're gonna have to say it, but I think the reason that like maybe some of the reason that Atkins is struggling. So so badly is because like I we don't have time to go adjust and have to turn around and we it's instead of marinating for a day or two on what you did at Homestead you have to already be ready for a Martinsville you have to already be ready for an Atlanta and you can't even think about I we got to make this adjustment yeah because to really make serious adjustments you have to tinker around at the shop in Charlotte. Yes, you can make adjustments in the car at the race, but there's only so much you can do. Adjust the wedge, lower the tire pressure, adjust the splitter. I'm talking about to really try something completely different and new. you got to be at the shop and go, let's try this this week. Plus, it hurts the lower-funded teams, especially the Xfinity and Truck Series. Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a front row Joe guy. Nimco, Sport, Nimco Motorsports in the Truck Series. It's as a van, and I like it. Um, as a as a as a viewer, yes. If I was, as a fan of the sport, it's probably not a great idea. I want to I want to kick a question to you. All right, before we get out of here, this is my last question. Then you can wrap it up and do whatever you want to do, unless you give me something else. Sounds good. Who's your Talladega winner? My Talladega winner is probably going to be. I think it's going to be like Kyle Busch. I, I, we've seen him kind of up towards the top a little bit. I think he's just itching for another win at this point. We've seen Denny Hamlin get up towards the top. We've seen Chase. We've even seen Kevin Harvick come up towards the top. I think you're going to see a weird one. I think you're just going to see Kyle Busch taking it to Talladega. I think there's going to – I think you're going to see a new winner. I think you're going to see somebody you don't usually see. I think you – I'm going to go ahead and – I'm going to go ahead and make a make a wild prediction here. I'm going to go ahead and say – I think I'm going to I'm going to go with Ryan Newman. But, I, but when I say Ryan Newman, that's going to be my official pick. But I think it's going to be a Ryan Newman, a Matt Kenseth, a Kurt Busch, someone that has won plenty but doesn't win a whole lot right now. Uh, be on the lookout for a Jimmy Johnson. Be on the lookout. Uh, of the conventional winners, again, my official pick is Ryan Newman. Right. Of the conventional winners, most likely Chase Elliott. But I think it's going to be somebody odd. I think even Daniel Suarez has got a shot this week. because And, and, I, and frankly, that's what I want. I want somebody different. Yep. 
No disrespect. Like, unless it's Chase Elliott, I want someone to do different. <laughs> because they deserve it too. Because we're they biased, were, damn yeah, it. They, they work just as hard, pal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I want somebody different. And I'll tell you a guy, and this would be my final thought. Don't sleep on – again, official pick is Ryan Newman. But don't sleep on Bubba Wallace either. He tends to do his best at uh, plate tracks, now tapered spacer tracks, whatever you want to call them. Right. And because remember his great Daytona run, he was second. And then every time – his only problem is he gets too aggressive because he knows it's one of the few shots he genuinely has to really win. Because we saw him run great at Talladega last year. He got too aggressive early. Yeah. We saw him run great. He ran great at Daytona last year. He got too aggressive early. So it's if he can channel that aggressiveness and chill out till about stage three, he's dangerous. But my official pick, Ryan Newman, that's my official pick. But I want it to be, and I think it's going to be somebody we're not seeing coming, a Newman, a Kenseth, a Wallace, a, a Kurt Busch, uh, a, a Matt DiBenedetto perhaps. So that's what I hope. And with that being said, what do you and the Red Flag Nation think is going to happen? Do you think it's going to be one of the top names in the sport? Do you think it's going to be one of the no names in the sport or one of the uh, underrated drivers of the sport? I can't wait to figure it out. I can't wait to find out who does win at Talladega. But that is all the time that we have today. We are the Red Flag, and we are going to see you next week on Friday. Yes, sir. 11.30 to 12.30. We can't wait. I'm excited for it. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed the show. And I, I Have you enjoyed yourself, Mr. Logan? I've had a hell of a time. This has been, this has been fun. This has been fun spinning our wheels, hasn't it? I've enjoyed spinning my wheels with you, sir. And I hope you have enjoyed spinning your wheels with us. That is Mr. Loganity. I am Hot Wheels. This is the Red Flag. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your days, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go racing, boys. We're out of here.